Hey, coming up on today's episode of The Virtual Couch, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? If so, or honestly, even if you haven't, I think you're in for a treat as I interview two of the rising stars in the podcasting space, Rachel Nielsen, host of 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and Monica Packer, host of the About Progress podcast. So they have teamed up to create Podcast U, which is an online course that will teach you everything that you need to know from equipment to finding your voice, topics, even the monetization of a podcast. And we share a ton of our own newbie podcasting stories and mistakes. So this is truly a fun, inspiring episode with a little something for anybody if you've ever thought about starting a podcast or if you're simply a podcast listener, which let's face it, if you are hearing this, well, I am thinking you are. So this and more coming up on today's episode of The Virtual Couch. Welcome to episode 222 of The Virtual Couch. I am your host, Tony Overbay. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified mindful habit coach, writer, speaker, husband, father, four, ultra marathon runner, and creator of The Path Back, an online pornography recovery program that is helping people reclaim their lives from the harmful effects of pornography. If you or anyone that you know is trying to put pornography behind them once and for all, and trust me, it can be done in a strength-based, hold the shame, become the person you always wanted to be way then please head over to pathbackrecovery.com and there you will find a short ebook that describes five common mistakes that people make when trying to put pornography behind them once and for all. Again, that is pathbackrecovery.com. And if you have a second, please head over to tonyoverbay.com. It's completely revamped and new and sign up to find out more about my magnetic marriage course that is launching soon. Also stop by Virtual Couch on Instagram or Tony Overbay Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist on Facebook. And as always, if you are a rate and review type, I would be forever in your debt if you take a minute and click a rating wherever you get your podcast, leave a little review. If you've appreciated any of the free content that I have provided on the Virtual Couch over the past now, Um, darn near three years. And again, 222 episodes. And I I can't thank you enough. And I truly appreciate all the support. So today's interview with Rachel and Monica, uh, and am I the the only one thinking of a friend's reference that that is in order? Rachel, Monica, anybody? Uh, This this one is on the Virtual Couch YouTube channel as well, where you can see the three of us uh, all on the screen together. I finally figured out how to do Zoom where we're all looking at each other. It doesn't just switch to whoever is talking. So you can go find that on the Virtual Couch YouTube channel. I'll have that in the show notes. And then subscribe there as well. That would be appreciated. So let's get to today's show. So just a couple of things to cover because I think we cover all of the things in the episode. But Rachel and Monica talk about their podcast You program that helps people create their own podcast. And for any guys listening, they talk early and often about helping moms create podcasts But please stay listening because we do touch on the fact that they do have some men that have gone through their course as well. So you are, of course, welcome to join Podcast U also. So I'm going to have links to both their free courses and Podcast U in the show notes. And I will make sure that those are there because that is very important. So please look for those links and click on those to find the courses. And I've tried to make things easy for you. And I neglected in the intro to say that if you have any questions or comments or thoughts, you can reach me through my contact form at TonyOverbay.com, or I think you can just uh, email me at contact at TonyOverbay.com, either way. And if you happen to be new to my show, if you're following a Rachel or a Monica um, comment or link over here, I've, I've actually had both of them on my show, and I've been on both of their shows. So I would love for you to find those episodes. I, I actually 
uh, actually, I love being on their show and uh, we've covered some great topics. Perfectionism, um, talked about Rachel's background with in vitro adoption and uh, just so many good things. Parenting, marriage, all of those sort of things. So, and if you're, again, if you're new to my show, I'm currently taking questions, uh, anything mental health related or therapy related for an upcoming upcoming Q&A episode, as well as I do a lot of work with women who are in or recovering from relationships with emotionally abusive spouses, often with symptoms of narcissistic personality disorder. So I am putting together a group for those women to connect and it it will be completely confidential. So anyone is welcome to contact me again in those uh, methods above. Um, Contact at TonyOverbay.com or through the TonyOverbay.com website if you're interested in learning more about that group. Again, completely confidential. So let's get to my interview with a couple of my favorite people, Rachel Nielsen and Monica Packer. Rachel, Monica, how are you? Good. So good. We're so excited to be here. I'm I'm giddy. I had a nice long therapy day. I still, I think I smell like therapy and I was just <laughs> giddy about this. And I apologize to the last couple of clients who will never know when we filmed this, but I was maybe not as present as I should have been. <laughs> <laughs> you can send us the bill. Okay, I will. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but I'm so grateful to have both of you on here. And I haven't done this before. And uh, we're going to talk about podcasting. We're going to talk about podcasting and mental health, which mm-hmm. I think is as a meta as the kids say, because we all have podcasts <laughs> that touch upon mental health. So, yes. right. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. And, then, and then I, I really, um, man, I should bury the, bury the lead. I'm giving away the, the farm or any of the other things, but, and we're going <laughs> to talk about your podcast, you, which I am just giddy about because I, I get a lot of people and I'm curious, maybe we start there. Do you have uh, obviously you do because you create podcasts. You, I was going to say, um, do you have people that contact you regularly and say, how do I start a podcast? Yes. That's why we started our course. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So because tell me more about that. Yeah. Well, because we had so many messages between the two of us and that honestly became a part-time job at one yeah. point of just trying to genuinely help people, but just not being able to tell them in a bite-sized, um, direct message or a one minute voice memo back to them. This is how you start a podcast. Blah, blah, blah. Like it's, it's a lot more intensive. Um, is, right? you know, we go ahead. No, I just said it really is. And I tried the same where I would, uh, I would try to create some Google doc. I would try to do some copy and paste. I would, mm-hmm. but then it just, it leads to more and more questions and it, yeah, it does. it's overwhelming. And, and, uh, cause I don't know, uh, Rachel, what's your, what was that like for you? I mean, would you try to keep up on those? Yeah. I mean, I try to offer help where I can, but um, like Monica said, it is just so much more intense than what you can teach in just a quick voice memo. And I like to, I want to go into all the complexity and the nuance and everything with people. And you can't do that over Instagram. And, you know, I I do think podcasting is becoming more and more popular. It is. I don't just think that it is. is. Research shows that it is. Um, It's just such a great medium and it's, you know, people are really drawn to it now. And so more and more questions were coming in. So we thought we would make these courses and really particularly for women who are like us in that they don't have like business or marketing background. They don't have, like they're not even trying to 
use their podcast to promote their business. They just have a message they want to share because that's how both Monica and I got started is we were stay-at-home moms, former teachers. We love to teach, but we were stay-at-home moms who just felt this message on our heart. And we didn't know it would turn into a business or anything else. We just wanted to start sharing that message. And so our courses are really for women like that, who are busy moms, who are just kind of have this nagging idea and they Mm -hmm. want to know if they could turn it into something, you know? So that's what we created it for. I love the, which is, I love the fact that you both started just to share a message. And I feel like uh, some of the emails I will get are people that basically say, Hey, do you make money with your podcast? Because I would like to have one and I would like to have money. And I feel mm-hmm. like that is not the right way to go. And uh, it's not. Right? And I feel the similar. I just wanted to share a lot of things I felt like were repetitive that I was hearing in therapy. And I thought mm-hmm. that would be a really fun thing to do. So yeah, making yeah. money is great, but podcasting has to be about the heart behind it yeah. and what you are really there for. Yeah. And that's why I, I think that's why we love it so much. It's given so much back to both of us and in turn given back so much to our, our families and our responsibilities. Mm. Yeah. Hey, so tell me if I, let me, if I can ask just a few just basic questions I would love to know about both of you and your podcast journey. How long did you think about starting a podcast before you started? Rachel? Oh, she's deferring to me because I'm the, I, I waited. I had the idea for my show down to like the format, the three and 30 format for at least two years before I actually did it. And I really do think that it was perfectionism and fear and imposter syndrome that that was holding me back. And I just thought, I want it to be perfect. I don't know how to do this. Will anybody listen? And then finally, I just, I think I really got tired of feeling disappointed in myself. Okay. Like every day that went by that I wasn't doing it, even though I wanted to, and it was so heavy on my heart, I just, I couldn't live with that dis, like disappointment in myself anymore. And so I was like, we're just doing this. We're starting this, but it was over two years that I thought about it before I did it. Wow. Uh, and, and I have to tell you, I was the same. I bought all my equipment and then I, I which is so ridiculous now, I bought things I never have used because yeah. I thought I must buy yes. all this equipment and then that will, that will force me to start a podcast and it didn't work that way. Yeah. Yes. Monica, how long, I, did, you, uh, how long did you wait? I, I was kind of in a different boat because up at, at that point in my life, I had had a huge period of time where I was not acting on the things I wanted and deeply yearned to do. Mm. And that I was going through an early midlife crisis and I suddenly started to do all the things that I had (laughs) thought about doing for like eight or more years. Mm. And so it was almost like I had some seeds of inspiration about it, but it was like we were driving home from San Diego one day, unexpectedly, you know, kid puked, had to leave the, the vacation really early and you had 10 hours to kill. And I turned to my husband and said, I'm going to start a podcast. And by the time I was home, I had the equipment. I had research on Google. It still took a few months, but I was at that point in my life and the ready fire and then aim place of being. And you know, I've made a ton of mistakes as a result. So I don't necessarily recommend that either, um, which is what we hope to save people from those mistakes. But I will say that you know, just doing the thing has been, even though it was so messy and, you know, oftentimes bad, Yeah, <laughs> um, it's, it still has helped me so much feel like I am being who I want to be. Like I'm doing things that I want to do. And that's helped me in ways I can't even explain to you. 
No, I love it. I love what you're talking about doing the thing. My favorite uh, therapy book is called The Confidence Gap. It's about acceptance and commitment therapy. And it, oh, yeah. it, the, whole, the whole title is about, we often say, well, when I get the confidence, then I'll do the thing. And it's saying, no, do the thing to get the confidence. Yes. And oh, yeah. Really scary, right? That's been yes. like the last five years of my life. And I, I think that's, that's absolutely true. Yeah. yeah. I feel like in preparing for tonight, I was thinking a little bit for, in preparing for this interview about how podcasting has helped my mental health. And one of the things that I thought about was I feel like it has helped me build so much more emotional resilience than I had before because so many things go wrong. <laughs> and are you going to throw in the towel and are you going to give up or are you going to keep going and keep trying with this podcast and this message and this dream that you have? And looking back to the beginning to now, I'm like, holy cow, like things that happen now where I like accidentally hang up on a really big deal guest that happened to me recently. Mm-hmm. I'm like 150 plus episodes in and this is like my dream guest and I accidentally hung up on her. <laughs> and as before, before I would have completely spiraled and it would have been like, you are a moron. How could you have done that? You know, and just berating, berating. And I like, when I realized what I had done, I literally started laughing. I wasn't even mad. I was just like, that's so ridiculous that I just did that. And then I just called her right back and said, I'm so sorry. And we just kept going. And afterwards I thought, holy cow, I've built so much emotional resilience by doing hard things over and over and over. And I've developed self-compassion through being a podcaster and putting myself out there that I didn't have before. No, I love that. Um, I I was going to ask some of the questions I had. And by the way, are you guys okay if I do a little bit of a live thing here? I, I do not do this. I am an old man. I will do a, a throw this live. Is that good? Yeah. Uh, try that? For okay. sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> but okay. I don't even know if I know how to do this, uh, which is, I, it's apparently I'm live. Okay. Um, so uh, Monica, have you had some of those similar things where you hang up on somebody or you just make a, a pretty oh, big countless. Yeah. Countless. I've had so many mistakes. Um you know, I was thinking about that too, like in, in terms of mistakes, like I started my podcast knowing I wanted to, to talk about self-development, uh-huh. but then I learned quickly that it actually was about mental health so much too. So that became a big connection for me. But in the same process of learning this emotional resiliency, I've learned that I really still have a hard time being criticized or uh-huh. thinking of future criticism that will come up whether it's something the guest has said or something that I have said or our vantage point on things. Like a lot of how I think about things are not agreeable to people. And that has been a huge thing for me to have to face too. Like I need to be willing to accept that not everyone's going to love me. Yeah, that's hard though, And that's okay. Yeah, it it has been hard. I'm I'm still dealing with on a day-to-day basis, but you know, it's been really helpful that way too. So I've had lots of guests that have said some things that I agreed with Mm -hmm. and I kept it in and other people certainly haven't. And that's when I've gotten the, you know, the critiques and, and and things like that. And I've had to learn how to deal with it better. Hey, so what's it been like? I mean, I know at the beginning of my own podcast, I would say, uh, send an email. That would be great. I remember getting the first couple of emails thinking that's really cool. And now it's to the point where there's a lot of emails and I feel like I can't get back to them. I mean, do you find Mm -hmm. Do you find that to be the case? Do you try to, to get back to people with uh, that ask questions or what's that been like? I, I managed to get back to everybody, but only because I have an assistant that helps me. Okay. And if it weren't for that, then there's no way, but 
Um, but yeah, it's, it's really important to me to get back to people who ask their questions. So I've just prioritized that in my business, but mm. I know not everybody does. So I don't know. What, what about you, Monica? Is, well, my question was this for podcasting questions or just questions in general? I'd say podcasting questions or things that mm. came up from episodes or, uh, sure. that, yeah. Yeah. I'm really good at ignoring a lot of emails that do uh-huh. not matter. Okay. <laughs> but when, when it comes to like someone from the community, someone who has mm-hmm. a question of mine, whether it's podcasting or this thing came up, I mean, that's the heart of what we do um, just with our own work. But yeah, for podcasting in general too, like we, we have a weekly email that goes out for free for everybody. And we pour a ton into that too, which has also been another way to kind of help people. Um, but yeah, like sometimes that can be hard to keep on top of for sure. I don't know. Yeah. Email is my Achilles heel in, in many ways. Well, well yeah, and well, I totally know what you mean. Those like form letters that you get from people, like those can be ignored, but heartfelt. We, we get a lot of from- copy and paste. Yes. Right? Well, and Rachel, I think it's exactly what you're talking about. Those ones that are heartfelt that you do a particular episode that has really touched yes. someone. And, and uh, I feel like that at times can be difficult. Yeah. Well, and especially with you being a therapist, yeah. I'm sure people email you kind of wanting or, or needing therapy and it's just so hard to know what you can possibly say back in just a short little email, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I think you're in a unique position there. Nobody expects Definitely. me to know, <laughs> you know, and they email me, they don't expect me to have all the answers. So I can just yeah. say, you're doing great and encourage them. I will start forwarding them your way, right? I will say, no, my good friends, uh, Rachel and Monica have some great ideas here. Yeah, so Rachel we'll, could we'll solve this. We'll just reverse here. Like you, you send people to us for podcasting and we'll send them to you for therapy. It works Yes. Great. Good. Hey, so tell me, have you guys had any experiences where the equipment hasn't worked, where you've missed an entire interview or anything like that? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, yes. Tell me stories. Well... Okay, so I, I was interviewing Paul Cardall, who is this amazing musician. He's a pianist. Um, he has billions of downloads. I'm not saying millions, billions of downloads on Spotify. And um, he was doing this incredible campaign. It was actually an album to help those prevent suicide. Um, and he had these like famous country singers, and we were all supposed to be on the call. It was the first time I used Zoom. Everybody knows how to use Zoom right now. Everybody. Yeah. This was a few years ago. This was like before everybody knew. Yes. (laughs) This was like like six months ago, still nobody knew. I still had to explain Zoom to people. So, but two years ago was my first time. And not only did we get bumped off like three times, every time I dragged the recording over to the editing equipment, it somehow like blended different people's voices together. It dropped calls all together. It was a nightmare. Mm. But um, that was just one of those examples. Like, you know, crap hit the fan. Yeah, And I think Rachel has many of those herself. Yeah. I just, I mean, I definitely have experiences where um, like my microphone wasn't on, you know? And so <laughs> like it, the sound quality, I mean, it's, it's not like it missed the recording completely, but like some of my f- most, my favorite, most important episodes, I think I did two episodes with my sister about mental health, about d- depression. And women tell me all the time, like those are the, episodes that like saved their lives Mm. and neither of our microphones run. So the sound quality is really poor. And I sometimes am so frustrated that those episodes that are so important had that error. But then again, it goes back to like, well, the message is what matters. And I, you know, I'm not perfect and it's okay. So just forgiving yourself and, and moving on. 
Yeah. Are there, are there episodes that either one of you have done that surprised you with the feedback? I mean, things that really resonated that you didn't anticipate would? Yes. I'm trying to think a little bit more about the specifics about like an episode that really surprised me. I think my first episode that really surprised me was when I talked to Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife. It was my 11th or 14th episode, like very new. Mm. We just wanted to talk about perfectionism. And that one took off in ways I never could have predicted. I think it probably almost has 100,000 downloads by itself because it got to the heart of perfectionism in ways that neither of us expected to resonate with people. I mean, she was just doing me a favor. Yeah. Like she, and she really was doing that with the goodness of her heart. So that one shocked us both with the reception. But again, this kind of comes back to what Rachel said, like at the end of the day, it's not really about you. Mm. It's not about like making money. It's about having a bigger purpose. And when you show up that way, I think sometimes, and, and you know, rarely, but their gifts when they happen, you have some magic that kind of just happens for people. So that was one that people have resonated with for years. And again, it had nothing to do with me. Yeah. Rachel, how about you? I think, um, sometimes it surprises me. Like I, I will sometimes do, so my podcast is for moms, but I sometimes will do like more of like a social justice type topic. Okay. And I always sort of assume that like those won't get downloaded as much. I know that it's not as, probably as appealing to the everyday mom as like dealing with tantrums. Like Mm -hmm. she needs dealing with tantrums. She may not need how to help refugees or something like that. So what is surprising when I recently looked at my downloads, my most downloaded episode I've uh, on my entire show is how to um, compassionately help those experiencing homelessness. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what? Like, what? Like, I'm like, that topic, really? Like, it just seemed so like not what I was expecting from my from my audience, but also like what I should have been expecting from my audience because they are such compassionate, kind women. And I aired it around Christmas time, December last year. And I don't know if people were really in the mode where they were searching for that or why exactly that one, but I was thrilled to see that that topic is what had resonated really deeply more than anything else that I've aired. Yeah. That's, that's, that is amazing. I went on a uh, homeless um, advocate YouTube deep dive one weekend in a hotel. And now my YouTube uh, channel is full of videos about helping homeless people. And so it is fascinating. It's funny that you bring that up. Um, I have to tell you a very quick story that just popped in my head was uh, one of the episodes I thought would be very well received uh, of mine, it was Ralphie Jacobs uh, with parenting, but mm-hmm. it was literally released the day after uh, our church had decided to do a fast on social media. Oh, yeah. So, uh, that was, that's one I never quite, yeah, never quite delivered the way I'd hoped it would. Um, that has happened to me, I think, every time, too. I'm like, dang it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, there's always something like, you know, right before we launched Podcast You the last time, um, we had like done that we were together at a conference for a week and we'd like worked so hard and we were ready to launch this thing. And then coronavirus, the pandemic uh-huh. hit like that weekend. And we were like, can we really launch this program right now? It felt like the timing felt off and we didn't want to push it too hard because it felt insensitive. It's yeah. just like, you just never know what is going to happen. And so again, going back to that, like you just have to continue doing your work 
yeah. not for the download numbers yes. or for the money because that none of that is guaranteed because there's all these random things that get thrown in there. And yes. so, yeah, you just got to do it because you know you want to and because you, you believe in it. You know, way, way back in my former life, before therapy, I was in uh, the world of high tech. I did uh, PR, sales, marketing, and we were presenting at Macworld San Francisco, a big trade show. And I was doing a big press release and I was going to meet the media. And this was our first time doing this. And the very first spot after the keynote was available. So I thought, this is gold. So I grabbed it and then um, learned that Steve Jobs always went late. And so literally no one showed up at all. So, uh, you know, that's what I always remember where I thought, this is my moment, you know, and I feel like there have probably been times where that happens on a podcast as well. Okay. I'd love to talk more about, you know, that, um, because you guys do make it look so easy at this point, your pros, your podcast pros, but, uh, I love how early on you were talking about, you know, you're targeting with podcast, you, um, moms, a lot of stay at home moms. And, and so there's, I know there's, there's imposter syndrome fear there. Um, sure. Talk about how you both overcame that. Well, I think it's still an ongoing thing. I think it creeps up and rears its ugly head here and there. Um, I just dealt with it big time this weekend again. Um, I think for me, it's more about the challenge to remove your worth from how the show does. You have your heart about it. You know the message, you know your why, and you lean into that. And then you do your best to not let that creep in of you saying my, my worth, like how I am as a person, how valuable I am and what I do depends on how many people show up and listen or how well an episode goes. And a quick example I have of that is a little over a year ago, I decided I really wanted to change how I edited my show. So it sounded, I just love and I remember this. Okay. Yes. Yes. You know this. People are going to know why. And this is where I like go, oh, just embarrassment. But listen, like, okay, so really quickly, I wanted to embed some music. I wanted to make it sound more like NPR. I don't know how to describe it. Like First American Life, like the interviews with music and sound bits. And like, wow, I was so excited about it. I experimented on a really lovely guest and his name is Tony. (laughs) And it's you. And can we just say... That episode was terrible. Like how I edited it. I didn't even know because you were apologetic. And that was an episode I was sharing with people because we talked about acceptance and commitment therapy. We talked about emotionally focused weirdly, therapy, right? Yeah. Weirdly, it, even with my botched editing job, it is still one of my most favorite episodes. And like what you discuss in that episode has stuck with me forever. So again, like the goodness will transcend. Yeah. But that is where I had to say, I don't have to be NPR Mm. but I also had to also, I also, also had to, I also had to take a step back and say, my worth isn't like, I'm allowed to make mistakes Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm learning from this and I'm going to just pivot back to what I know I can do and do really well and get back to the heart of what I'm doing. And again, if I had made that mean so much about me, I think I would have just hung up my podcasting hat and never done it again. I would have been the final episode. Yeah. You would have been. It would have been a great finale with what you shared, <laughs> but not with the editing. And even Rachel and I, I remember we like talked after and I was like, what do you think about that new editing? And she was so kind. But yes, I think we both agreed that wasn't really good. <laughs> hey. um, by the way, real quick, when you looked, you just looked up to your right and it looked like a Brady Bunch kind of thing where you were looking up at Rachel. It was very nice. Oh, yeah. I'll do that. <laughs> right. Okay. Rachel, how, how about what's that been like for you then? The 
<clears throat> imposter syndrome. Just yeah. like imposter syndrome and everything. I feel like um, everybody faces it, everybody. Mm-hmm. And everybody thinks that no one else is facing it. And I don't mean know? to think about, but can I tell you, I've worked with politicians, <laughs> professional athletes, CEOs, all these, and wow. it, is, it is common. It is there. In the in the highest of offices, it is there. Imposter syndrome. Yes, Unless I know. And is a is a, a delusional narcissist, but that's a whole other story. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think that it's so easy to look at other people and think like they're nailing it, they're rocking it, they have it all together. It's easy but for like, them. Yes, it's easy for them. Or that was handed to them, and they didn't have to work that hard for it. You know, like we just make up all these stories when really people are just people, and. Mm-hmm. So everybody feels it. I do think that there are they, that people, depending on their innate personalities, may have varying degrees of it. Sure. I think some people naturally have more imposter syndrome than others, but everybody feels it. And like Monica said, it's not like it just goes away. I I think it it just manifests in different ways. Um, Monica interviewed a guest, Patrice Washington. Didn't she say, Monica, like new level, new devil? Yeah, something like that. That's whenever. Like, so I don't really feel imposter syndrome anymore when I'm recording with guests because I've just done that enough times. Yeah. But now I'm I'm doing different things like teaching podcast you and different things that are that are new. As long as you continue to push and challenge yourself, you are going to feel some imposter syndrome. You're gonna feel you're gonna feel anxiety. You're gonna feel all those feelings all over again that you thought you were done with. Because new level, new devil. But the only other option is to stop growing. Yeah. Like if you never want to feel that, then that means that you have to stay in your comfort zone and never push yourself. And that's not good either, you know? Mm -hmm. So you'll never get to a point, I don't think, where you've like, you have it made and you don't have to struggle anymore. You're just going to keep kind of leveling up and learning new things. And as you get more and more emotionally resilient, you're going to have to take on harder things in order to challenge yourself. So, so I, love that's it. I, been my I was telling you guys off the, before we started about this uh, national radio show, I went on uh, Sunday night and that one was one where I had not let myself stop and think about it. And then when I was sitting there ready and I'm hearing in the headphones and I'm coming up next, I, I, I freaked out. I did. Oh I had God. to, uh, I had to do some nice little breathing exercises and then, and then my first, was it live? It was yeah, airing it was live, live, live nationwide. Wow. And my first joke was a bell. <sighs> I mean, and he didn't respond. And I, I was like, oh my gosh, okay, this is bad. And I even said, hey, that joke didn't land. And then that didn't land either. And uh, But then, you know, we, we rallied. So it was okay. But I love that new level, new devil, because going into it, I maybe did think, ah, this is fun. It's like a new podcast. I can do national uh, live radio. Why not? But it ended up being okay. Yeah. No, that's um, you I learn. Know. You just keep learning. Yeah. So, okay. Talk about podcast you. I mean, this is what I'm really excited about. Again, if anybody's kind of just joining on the live stream, that's kind of fun to do. Um, we get people that ask constantly and, and I, man, bless their hearts. They wanted just a quick answer of, Hey, uh, how can I start a really big um, podcast that gets lots of downloads and maybe even makes money? Can you, you know, can you shoot me back an email and let me know all those things? And so this is, this is okay. funny. Okay. Rachel and I just spent a whole weekend working on podcast you and we're seeing so many podcast courses pop up all over the internet right now, okay. which is good because, you know, podcasting is great and more people should be doing it. But what we believe about podcasting is counter to a lot of how it's being marketed. Okay. Here's how to have millions of downloads overnight. 
Here's how to make make six figures. Here's how it's easy. And in 30 days, you can be a podcaster. That's and the you, messaging we're seeing. In some that's people. the yes. messaging that we're seeing. That's not our messaging. Our messaging is that it's going to be an up and down road, but you can do it. Mm-hmm. And here's yes. how. And we give more specifics, but it really goes more to the heart of what people are doing and why than just like mm-hmm. these outcomes that are, you know, getting, they're getting sold. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which was, it was a little different. Maybe it's not quite, you know, quote unquote sexy of marketing, but you know, the heart of what we do speaks more than, than just selling things to people. We really want them to succeed. We want women like us who are normal everyday moms who have gifts that they haven't even tapped into yet. Mm. Who have like a voice they haven't even tapped into yet and have a message that they feel called to at least think about more and talk to their people about and then develop their voice along the way. And I mean, that's what it's done for us. So that's, that's what we want for our community of women. And we don't need millions of them to sign up. Yeah. We need the women that this world needs to become podcasters because we think the world needs these women's podcasts. Yeah. Do you feel like they, people need to know already what they're going to talk about? I mean, do most people come into it knowing or do they just know, I want to, I want a podcast. I want to speak. I think most people who come to us have some inkling of a direction. I don't think that it has to be like nailed down to the point. Like I told you, mine was like, I knew format. I knew everything, but I think that's unusual. I think most people who come to us know, like, I'm really interested in this and Mm -hmm. I would want my podcast to be about this topic, but they haven't honed that yet. They haven't figured out all the specifics. And then within the podcasting 101 course that Monica teaches, um, there's a lot of help with that kind of narrowing in and figuring out your niche and your purple cow, which is something that Seth Godin teaches about how to make something about your podcast or your product remarkable like in a sea of brown Jersey cows that nobody would comment on, mm. there's a purple cow and everybody's like, oh, look at that. That's different. And how you can do that with your podcast, you have to have something that's a little different that makes you stand out. And we help you kind of figure out what that thing is. So I, I do think most people don't come into our course like just with no idea what direction, but yeah. you certainly don't need to know exactly yet when you join. And then yeah. we kind of help you narrow it down. No, I like that. I know Monica and some of the stuff that you and I have talked about, I'm a big fan of figuring out what someone's values are. There are values that are unique to them. And I know whenever I get a chance, I've got to speak at a couple of podcast festivals. And I love talking about if you don't speak to something that is in line with your values, then you're you're not going to feel very authentic. And at that point, then I feel like people start to panic and they start to just try to pick whatever it is that they can talk about in hopes that then, Mm -hmm. you know, something will stick. And, and I feel like, man, that's the, that's kind of the opposite approach or way to go. Definitely. Yes. And I think that's really true too for monetization. Um, you know, we were talking about how it's not easy to monetize a podcast and to figure that out. People want it to be easy, but when you start getting desperate about, well, I just want to make money. So I'll just take whatever yeah. opportunities or ads and they're completely not aligned with you or with your audience and what they want. Well, you really lose the trust of your listener. Mm-hmm. And so it's a short game to do that, to, to just accept whatever, yeah. um, you have to hold out and you have to stay and say, I'm going to find something really aligned that feels good to me in a, in a way to monetize this instead of just going for the easy stuff, you yeah. know, maybe earlier on. 
or the biggest guests, you know, or, or people that you think, oh, that is a huge influencer. I want them on my show. And then they come and it connects in no way yeah. to what your audience needs yeah. and what they were looking for. Um, so that's a lot of what we talk about too, both in 101 and 201, you know, how to really connect to what your audience needs. And that's what we can help them refine. And then serving and serving and serving. That's a lot of what Rachel talks about in 201. You know, it, it, if you want to grow your show, if you want to start a show and you want to grow it, serve. Yeah. Serve and serve and serve. No, I love that. Um, I do. I So that that one, do you guys, uh, how often do you do you kind of, uh, I don't know if the phrase swing for the fences on guests or that sort of thing. Do you do that very often or how, what's your guys process of, of finding and booking guests? Well, complicated. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Go for that. Go Uh, for it, Rachel. I think at first everybody I asked felt like swinging for the fence, you know, like, yes, yes. Your best friend, a a person in your neighborhood. Like (laughs) that was scary. Yeah. Yes. And, and especially those people that I, you know, admired online, like that was, you know, so scary, but I think you start to realize over time that there's actually most people like being featured on podcasts. It's good press for them. And so it's surprising who will say yes. Yeah. You know, there's some people that you think like, oh, they just, they're way out of my league. And then they say yes. And you're like, wow, I never expected that. So it's like everything else we've been talking about. I think it gets easier you get more confident over time as well as you get more resilient to like, well, what's the worst they can say? No, or not respond at all. Like, so to answer your question, um, it's been a while since I've really swung for the fence. Like I have a few people in, in my mind, like I would love to interview John Gottman, you know, like it's like, but that is a major swing for the fence. You know, I would love to, um, interview Melinda Gates, like, oh my I gosh. have like a few people in my mind that I'm like, that would be, and like that, I so highly doubt that either of them would ever do it, yeah. but it's kind I'm of like, why are saying that they are going to be on your show now <laughs> for I, sure. I mean, that's right. Although now I'm thinking, so, yeah, I need to, I need to reach out to them. I need to beat Rachel. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the race is on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, so I think it's good to have like a few people like that, that, and, yeah. and why not try, you know, why not ask them? And, um, I really wanted Donald Miller to be on my podcast. I don't know if either of you know who that is, but I'm not familiar with yeah. this. No. he is an author that I've loved for like a decade. He, I loved him when he was an author. Now he's like a marketing guru. He like pivoted, um, but he's a really brand. big deal. He does story brand. I don't know I if you, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. okay. Yeah. And like, I reached out and it was a total like long shot and I never got any response and you know, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so maybe I'll try again someday. Oh, me too. Yeah. I, once, a yeah. week, I, once a week, I at least uh, reach out to a couple of people that I think will most likely not get back to me. And I'm usually correct. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's kind of part of the fun almost, right? Like I, you know, not to go into processes here, but I have an Excel spreadsheet and I'm keeping track of some people who, you know, some are totally like, you know, mid-level or low influencers, just people I really love. It's not about their numbers. It's about who they are and their message. But then I do have the, you know, shoot for the stars kind of people that are on my running list that I will continue. Like some of mine are um, Greg McEwen from Essentialism and James Clear. And I love Carol Dweck, who's about the growth, you know, mindset. Like those are my shoot for the stars people too, but it's kind of part of the fun. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, all right, let me ask you this too then. So I love that we're talking about how it's been a good thing for your mental health to really stretch yourself. And I don't know if it's mm-hmm. give, give some additional purpose and, and that sort of thing, but 
we've also talked about imposter syndrome and have there been times where the the process of podcasting has, has kind of been too much or has gotten you down or, you know, and if so, what have you done with that? We're both oh, laughing inside <laughs> Are and you? crying okay. because where do we begin on this? <laughs> we have needed each other, Rachel and I desperately oh, because yeah. not only have we had those moments, I can probably count on them every two months for myself. Okay. I'm feeling like, <laughs> why am I doing this? Is you anybody know? listening? Does anybody care? Yeah. You know? yeah. Disappointment yeah. over numbers or a review or something like those absolutely happen. And in fact, that's one thing we've said a lot, you know, in our, our emails we send out and in our courses too, and with our students, you're going to feel like quitting. Yeah. It's, it's, I get to, right? not, it's inevitable. Yeah. Yes. It's not about if it's when. Yeah. And mm-hmm. when that happens, there are lots of things you can do. You know, you can take a break. We've both taken breaks, mm-hmm. but a, a big part of it is getting back to the heart of why you're there in the first place. I'm sure Rachel can have some more advice on this as well. Yeah, I think I also think having friends or a friend that you can be totally honest with who's who's in your same boat, who gets it. Cuz like I can talk to Ryan, my husband about podcasting disappointments and stuff and he's very sympathetic, mm-hmm. but he doesn't do this day in and day out like, you know, Monica. So Monica's my person that yeah. like I text her and I can be completely honest and tell I don't need to like hold back about the specific things that are really hard for me at that time, I can tell her like my ugly thoughts that I'm having about myself or, uh, or other people, you know, like that I wouldn't tell anybody else, but like, it's important to have a safe person or two, or, you know, somebody that gets it. And I think this is true for whatever you do, like whatever your industry, your field, like you got to have somebody that gets it that you can talk to about it. Yeah, I can get you through those times. I would say bless the heart of the peanut gallery, but when you're sharing that with someone who doesn't get it, then they're going to say things like, "Well, then don't do it," you know, or or just give up. Yes, a big deal, or you know, it's like, no, 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 that's not what I want to hear, right? Yes, or they might like they might judge you for your ugly thoughts because they don't get it; they haven't been in that place. Whereas somebody who's been there understands that that's not the best of you talking. It's not the real you talking, but they can hear you out. And say, yeah, it's super hard when this, this, and this happens. And then just having somebody hear you sometimes is all you need. And then you're like, okay, I can do this now, you know? No, I love that. I love that. That's one of my favorite parts about therapy at at times is that, you know, I have some people that come in and I'm thinking, all right, let's get some tools or let's talk about, you know, uh, diffusion of thoughts or expansion of of emotions. And they're like, no, I just want to, I just want you to hear me. You know, I just want you to. Wow. I want you to tell me that stinks and uh, you're going to be okay. And, and I always think, hey, okay, I love that. I mean, that's, that's yeah. really fun to do. Yeah. Well, and especially with some things I'm sure you hear in therapy that these are things that people cannot tell anyone else. Yeah. You know, that like whatever the, that issue might be, they literally can't talk to their sister or whoever about this thing that's really personal that's going on in their life or their marriage or their kid's life. And yeah. so to have a therapist who's just a third party that you can just talk to who will say that is so hard. You know, I think that's a huge gift to people to have that person. Yeah, no, I love it. I do. I, I think it now I've gone back to this uh, radio appearance twice, but I think it's because I'm realizing now that you guys understand, you know, I got home and I made this joke about, I think one of my kids said, what were you doing? And I was like, oh, yeah, national radio show. He's like, oh, okay. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like you know, like every doing Sunday night, I guess. Um, yeah, really. exactly. Right. 
<laughs> so it was kind of funny. So, all right, tell me more about then uh, structure, setup, time frame, podcast. You, what do people need to know? I'm going to send everyone in the entire world there any email I get of how to podcast. And sorry, you're caught up in an ADD thought. You don't even know it right now. But I just <laughs> want to put out there when I had a guy named Dan Raiden on my podcast, and he's the CEO of Oxbus, which was this podcasting kind of a platform um, of sorts that help people put these together. I really, I found it uh, interesting where he talked about, and we've just crossed a million podcasts. I mean, you guys probably know that, right? That there's over a million podcasts out there now. And at the wow. time um, he was telling me, this was several months ago where there were, I think it was 800,000 at the time. And he said, so he had gotten investors together to put this company together. And I thought there was some data he shared that was fascinating and he said that now there's, let's say there's 10 million YouTube channels, for example. And so he said that podcasting right now is at the forefront of where YouTube is now. And that people that get in now have the likelihood of with consistency mm. and a good voice. And I mean, not like a speaking voice, but if they are finding their voice, <laughs> that those are those people, when we look now at YouTube channels that have millions of subscribers and, and millions of downloads, and you think, what, how did these guys get started? And it was, they were there, you know, at that kind of beginning. So, I mean, I really feel like even though there's a million and that sounds like a lot, we're still, we're at just the, the beginning. Board. Yeah. We're at the beginning. So, I mean, there's never been a better time. If somebody is thinking about starting a podcast, I, I've been telling me, get in now. I mean, get in, learn it, go through the growing pains that we're talking about, be consistent. So, so yeah, talk about uh, podcast you. Well, I mean, Podcasting 101 has that in mind. Our goal is for not people to just, you know, complete the course and start the podcast. We mm -hmm. want them to create a podcast that lasts, that sticks mm -hmm. around. Yeah. And, you know, that's where we started the foundation of who they are and what the show is about and who they're serving. And then we build from there and we go into a ton of the how-to. I mean, it's all there. We have resources. We put templates in how we reach out to guests, how we pitch people. Okay. We put in processes. We show them behind the scenes. But we do a lot of development of the structure of their show and what it's really for and how to serve their audience. So that's, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and again, that's the nutshell version of it. Yeah. 201, Rachel? Yeah. And there... and. And I'll tell you more about, let me just tell you the concept of 201 first, and then we'll go into more okay. logistical things. But so 201 is um, really the metaphor that I use when I designed the 201 Growing Your Podcast course. I use the metaphor of a tree and how you have to start by strengthening the roots before mm -hmm. you strengthen, before you try to broaden the reach. Because if you try to broaden the reach and you don't have solid roots, then the tree just falls over. Yeah. And so how growth is really about growing deeper as well as growing broader. And so the first half of the course is really about more organic growth. Like if your podcast is excellent, people will share it. Yeah. And so yeah. that's what you have to start with is organically, like, are you serving your listener? Do you know your listener? Are your episodes set up in a way that really speaks to your ideal customer or client or listener. And then in the second half of the course, we talk more social media marketing and all of those kind of strategies. Collaborations. People, yeah. Collaborations, different things. I think people come to like a course on growth thinking like, give me all the quick hacks, the quick yeah. tips, but th that's the branches and you got to start with the roots. And so that's really how I set it up. And um, so it's, it's nine lessons about all different types of podcasting growth. And, um, 
we have them set up so that you can watch the video. You log in and watch the video of the courses. But we also, we have a new feature that we're really excited about where we put all of the lessons, um, the audio files on a private podcast feed so that people can just listen from their favorite podcast app on the go. Because I know I I buy online courses that I never actually sit down and carve out the time to take, you know? Yeah. And so we've really like, we've designed this with a busy mom in mind, like Mm -hmm. anything we can do to make it so that she'll actually get through the course and get her podcast out into the world or grow her podcast. If she already has one, that's our goal. So that's how it's set up. And we're teaching, I don't know when this episode is going to air Tony, but we're teaching. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want to time this right. Cause I'm excited about this. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. We are, um, cause we're teaching four free classes in September okay. for people who just want to get a taste of the content and get we, they, the first Monica's class is called, what is your class called? Three things you must know to start a podcast. Okay. Okay. And then mine is called three reasons your show isn't growing and what to do about it. Okay. And um, we will both be teaching those courses and then we'll tell you more about free classes. And, yeah. Yeah. Th- those free classes. And then we'll tell you more about the full courses. So we'll send you all the dates and you can put those in the show notes, Tony, and okay. the link to it, but they're happening in the last half of September. Those okay. Free classes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. No, we'll, we'll give p- uh, people plenty of time. Um, and we have, we have a killer bonus that we're doing with those classes. Do, should we huge. tell them on the air, yeah. Monica? Yeah. Let's, let's tell them what it is for sure. Go for it. <laughs> What do we got? So we are going to do anybody who signs up with this round with those free classes. If you attend those free classes, you'll get um, a four-part course, how to monetize your podcast. Because okay. that is what everybody is yeah. asked. Everybody wants right now. And we do have, we touch on it in our prime, in our 101 and 201 course, but we knew that it would require an entire course. So we, you know, and so we are going to teach that live to the students who sign up this round, it'll just be part of, it'll be their bonus for enrolling. And so if people get in on that, then that will be an awesome bonus that we're excited to offer. And not to continue this for another, you know, I don't want to keep taking your time, but we talked about community earlier, how you need people. Um, One of the big things we love about this is they get lifetime access to a private Facebook group of fellow podcasters who were in the program and taking the courses and the connections that they have made there, the way they've collaborated, the way they have supported each other has been so incredible to see. And that's only going to grow and grow more with time. Like fellow moms, mostly who get you and are in the same thing and trying to do the same things as you. Um, so that is another big thing. And we also do lifetime access to the course. So anytime we change the course, okay, which we already did for podcasting 101 because podcasting keep changes, you know, just keeps changing. You get that. Yeah. You'd never have to pay for it again. No, that's nice. Um, I know this might be a silly question, but I think this is very applicable because Rachel, if you remember, I, I I petitioned you to be the first guy on three and thirty yes. moms, right? Yes. So I I can't lie. When I logged in, I was uh, planning on stopping by the Facebook group. If there is a dad that is interested, is that is that okay? We do yes. have a dad. Yeah. <laughs> I think we actually have two. Okay. We have, yes. we have two dads. They're okay. they're totally welcome. They're welcome. Yes. yes, they're totally welcome. So, yeah, and Tony, I think my grandpa had been on the show, right? I think, and then and then you, you've been on a couple different times, yeah. And then um, maybe one or two other men. So you are in the elite uh, <laughs> male representatives I on do, three I and three. I feel very honored by that because that's <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I very much enjoyed those episodes. That was good. So did I. They were awesome. 
So yeah. you're definitely a fan favorite on three and 30. Oh, that's very kind. Um, I, I'm so <laughs> grateful that you guys are willing to take the time to come on here. I'm glad we got to talk about uh, mental health and podcasting. Um, I don't know any other kind of funny stories to share before we, uh, before we leave. And, and I'll give you time to think for a second. I will tell you um, two things that I was thinking about in preparation. So, so start thinking, right. Uh, one of them was just, I did have, I did have one where a, a, a wonderful, amazing woman um, had asked me to talk about pornography and kids. And, and I, I felt so good about the recording. It was one of these where it just flowed back and forth and, and I could not wait to promote that podcast. And, she let me know the next day that she had forgot to record it. So that was one of those, right? And then I will just say there was a, I did have another one where someone had, had, I did not do my uh, research. I guess I don't want to say anything negative, um, but I didn't do my (laughs) research. And then I went on a particular podcast only to find out right before that, um, that we would be doing a past life regression and that we would be finding out what I had been in a previous life and that wow. I share my story of um, when I realized that I had had previous lives. So that were you a king <laughs> in your previous um, lives? Like I, I, what did no, you honestly, discover? I, I just, I was kind of just a, a nobleman. I mean, it wasn't too fancy, <laughs> but that one was, uh, that one's something else. I guess. And then one more on that one, another, I think these typically have a theme of, I didn't do my research. So there was another one where I then early on reached out to somebody that, they, they had said they were an author. And so then right before I go on to record, I think I, sh- I need to just, I'll go buy their book and I will very quickly skim it and I'll have very smart. Now I do, I do much, a much better job. I will actually read someone's book and stuff. So then I learned as I go to search that it wasn't like they had a real book, but there was one of those sites where like Wattpad or where you can just kind of upload mm. some pages. And so yes. it, was, I don't know, it was maybe 40 pages, double space. And, uh, <laughs> Wasn't a particularly exciting story, so um, <laughs> but I carried through with the interview. I did not end up using it as a podcast, but um, <laughs> you know it was a good experience. So there's my yeah. my kind of embarrassing moments. I think you're learning. You have better ones than me. I don't know. I don't know I if know. I have any like that. My I think <laughs> one of the funnier. Um, I'm trying to think because there have definitely been some, but one of the funnier moments was when my second episode ever was with my little sister. Okay. Um, as it would be, right? Like that's who you start with. Yes. And thank goodness because this happened. So she, when I said, so Laura, welcome to three and 30. She said it really weird. She was like, she was caught off guard. So she was like, oh, hey, oh, hey hi. Yeah, good to be here or something. <laughs> so we laughed about it. And then I said, let's just try that again and I'll just clip it out. And so she said, hi, well, like, great to be here. And then she's like, let me just try it a bunch of different ways. So then she was like, hey, it's so good to be here. Hi. So she did it like all these different ways. And I forgot to, I like moved them down on the track to like pick the one that I wanted. And I forgot to ever delete them. And so this is my second episode ever. And it aired and I'm listening to it, you know, in the car thinking like, I'm a podcaster. Yeah. I'm so legit. And I'm listening yeah. to this intro. My intro music is going and all you hear is my sister with all these different variations of, <laughs> hi, it's good to be here. Hello. It's good to be here. And I was like, so mortified. Of course, only like 20 people were listening to my podcast okay. at that time. Right. It wasn't a big deal, but I was mortified. My sister was mortified. I remember trying to go home and fix the file and just realizing <laughs> I'm not quite as legit as I, okay. as I thought I was. So no, that's, that's, that's my funny story. Okay. And Monica, before we do, Rachel, do you remember what we did that was really funny? Uh, we recorded, oh, yes. 
we recorded uh, two episodes back to back and you said it's going to be like in a month or two, the second one will be. And so then you came on and, and, I, and I said, it feels like it was only yesterday, you know, and, and yeah. I was like, well, well, I said in there, I'm like, Tony, welcome back. And you said, it, it feels like it was only yesterday. That we did this. And I tried to keep going and keep, yeah. you know, and not laugh. And I'm like, we had so much great mm-hmm. feedback on your first episode. And then we both just like busted out laughing. We're like, we can't yeah. do this. No, that so we had to re-record that part. Yeah, that was right. I just remembered that. That was fun. That was great. Okay, Monica. Funny story. Oh, I don't think I have like such funny stories like you. I mean, I've I've had episodes where I forgot to um, put the sound back on a whole track, so all they hear is music and oh. no introduction and no narrating. Um, <laughs> one of my big first guests was um, Brooks Brooke White, uh-huh. uh, and I was so thrilled to have her on. Um, and I, the music suddenly came in the middle of her talking and it was like over, you know, over her voice. You couldn't hear her just like little things (laughs) like that. But something we've discovered recently, Rachel and I, is that, um, I have a knack of saying idioms wrong. Really? I love this. Happens. And I really (laughs) feel like if I could just pay someone to go back through the 280 plus episodes I've done and make a collection of all the idioms I've gotten wrong and just share them on the show, it would be hilarious. Like one of the ones I recently did, I, I said, no, right out the, or right off the gate. Oh, let's talk about, you know, I, I do things like that constantly. Do you? Yes. Okay. So we need almost like it needs to become a drinking game. I don't know if there, people want to, do Sprite or whatever, right, but right. it should become a drinking game. I love that. I, I don't think that it's on this iPad, but I used to sit there during sessions and when somebody would misuse something like that. Yeah. Would, uh, oh I my would, goodness. I would write them down. I think I have this actually. Um, my list, if I were your client, my list would be endless. Yeah. Um, and I feel <laughs> I've never talked about this before, but I was keeping them and I didn't know if I was going to ever use this as a book or something like that. Um, I you should. I really should. And I actually, I need to stop looking right now. I'll do that later, but I'm pretty sure I do because I would hear people. I remember one of the first times where somebody was, it was for uh, all intensive purposes. I remember when there was a, <laughs> take, a lot of people like to take things for granted, you know, which is a uh, very hard <laughs> for granted, hard yeah. rock, but I mean, yeah. And I'm yes. to about it. Um, <laughs> I think the good old classic one is I could care less. Right. Um, yes. yes. Right. I yes. love that one. And that one, sometimes I want to say, well, that must not be a big deal, but I feel like it's I mean, really the moment or you know. <laughs> good news. Like if you're not super eloquent, you can yeah. still be a podcaster. You could, yeah. I mean, I stutter constantly. I get the idioms mixed, mixed up. All sorts of things happen. Yeah. I have to tell you, and then, uh, and then, yeah, we'll let us go here. There is a new program that I've been playing with. I, I might have to tell you off air, but um, it is one of those where I record, you can upload the MP3 file, and then it does an amazing transcription and it shows all the uhs and ums and whatever. And you can then just delete them manually. And then it just exports it back out. And I, I've only used it the last couple of times, wow. but on one, the one I released today, it took out, I think it was 60, uh, um, and I didn't realize wow. I, I, I just did it right there. I stuttered and it takes out the, I, I, and I can get rid of one of the eyes and it's so smooth. It's kind of scary. And then on the other end, you read to it. So it has you read, I read 15 minutes of the wizard of Oz to it. And then it's this uh, feature called overdub and then you can type and then it does a podcast of just what you type. It's, it's, it's wild. What? Yeah, this Spooky. is all craziness. Spooky. Yeah. New so, stuff. 
Yeah, I've been playing with it, and it's it's pretty wild. Um, okay, so you gotta it send makes that it sound. Up. It's your voice oh, doing yeah. the typed podcast. Yeah, so I mean, you I had to read the Wizard of Oz to it for fifteen minutes one morning. Yeah. So this is ridiculous. And then you upload it, submit it, and the next day it comes back and says, "Here's your voice." And so then you go in, and, and I typed. I am typing to see what this podcast sounds like, and then you hit play, and it says, "I am typing to see." It's crazy. There were a couple of words that I then had to go back and spell phonetically, but then it, it pretty much nailed it. And since that time, I felt like I was dealing with the voodoo or wizard magic, and I haven't gone back to it. But I think there's <laughs> a lot that I could do with this. It's kind of frightening. Wow. You've got to have a right accent for that, though, because with my Utah accent, yeah. I mean, I confuse people when, where I lived in California for 13 years on things I was saying. But I was like, <laughs> I'm saying Phil. <laughs> Milk. Like, like you know, come on. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Phil, like F I L L or F E E L. I'm saying feel, saying but I say feel. it, Phil. Yeah, I, I feel upset. I know this one. Um, anyway. And women. Yes, actually, that was something Rachel did have to say, like early on in our friendship. Monica, when you say woman, are you meaning plural or Why singular? Because yeah. you say it for both. And she literally had to teach me how. So <laughs> say women. Women for plural. Okay. I love this. The practice that you guys. Anyone is still listening um, now. <laughs> I know. Because I would say my, my family loves that. I have to, I learned how to say pillow instead of pillow. And <laughs> I how to say miracle instead of miracle. So yes. I, I've learned these things as well. Yes. 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 Okay. You and me both. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Rachel, Monica, what a blast. This was fun. I appreciate you coming on. I would love to do this again sometime. Um, yeah, do it. We will. I will have all the links to podcast you, and uh, I'm grateful for the service you are providing because there needs to be uh, more voices of people that are want to want to put their voice out there and be authentic and genuine and have things to say. So I'm grateful for what you're doing. Thank you so much for having us on, Tony. Yeah. You are one of the most delightful people I have Truly. ever met. Truly. Truly. It's yeah. such a delight to talk to you. Okay. I remember the first time I interviewed you, I was like, it just clicks so fast with you. And I know that you're that way with everybody that you talk to in an interview. So you really have a gift. Uh, yeah. You, you leave I, everyone happier and better than my, you found them. That's for sure. Theory, so I, I appreciate that. Or Terry, um, you know, they are. So, okay. All right. I'm going to hit stop on the recording, but hang on one second. Thanks so much, you guys. Okay. Thank you. Compressed emotions flying past our heads and out the other end. The pressures of the daily grind is wonderful. Elastic waste and rubber ghost are floating past the Shut